Welcome to New Rules Old Friends, where we share our regrets, most embarrassing mishaps, and lightbulb moment discoveries along the path. No mess up is totally wasted if you learn from it. Hi. Hi. <laughs> okay, so I am excited about this new platform you chose because I don't think it saves our video, but at least we get to look at each other the whole time now. I know. It is really fun. I think it's supposed to save it eventually. Ooh. They said it'd be easier for like sharing on different um, platforms and social media and stuff. Oh, cool. Well, I just like watching your reactions now. This <laughs> might be like my my turban, my aquas towel. Or just do you do you use like the microfiber towels for your hair? Yeah, so this is the same one that Anthropology sells, but I of course looked it up on Amazon while I was in Anthropology and got it for like half half less. <laughs> it's That's a same brand. Yeah, I bought that for um, my sister Veronica for Christmas. Aww, but fun. I bought it on sale <laughs> because I don't need to spend. What is it at Anthro? It's like twenty five dollars for a head wrap. <laughs> yes, which I yeah. Jason doesn't understand this, but I was like, I really hate spending money on things that are ugly, that are not at all sexy. Like I don't have to look sexy all the time, but I don't like to spend like nice money on it. Yes, you know what? <sighs> that's a really good way of putting it. <laughs> like you could make that rule yeah it came up today actually because he was trying to get me to buy um those hoka recovery slides oh i don't know what those are oh no i do know what they are you told me about these they're slippers no no they're they're sandals oh okay um they do make slippers that are even uglier um There's so, an even uglier option. <laughs> yeah. They're so ugly and they're really comfortable. And I keep stealing his and like clunking around in his because they do like, I don't know if it's like, do you feel like the older, do, have you gotten to the point yet where after you run like the next morning, like your feet are just like sore? Yeah. Actually, recently my feet have been sore. Yeah. Like when you're walking around, it's like the blood flows to them and they just, they just feel like everything hurts. And I felt better because Jason's, um, he listened to something with, uh, sorry, Sarah Hall. Yep. And she was, she's, it was in the middle of her big latest training block. And she was talking about like, literally like when she comes down in the morning, like every step down the stairs, she's like gripping the stair rail. Cause it hurts so bad. Oh my God. <laughs> so I was like, okay, it's not that I'm like a wimp or I'm doing something wrong. Like this is just how it goes when you get older. And, um, yeah. So anyway, he was like, why don't you get some nice recovery slides for yourself? And I was like, I mean, I'm sure I'd wear them all the time, but they're so ugly. <laughs> I just hate to buy them. Yeah. Um, by the way, I was extremely jealous of your eight mile run the other day. That just sounded lovely. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And your mileage has gotten really high. I feel like you were like consistently out of five mile and then all of a sudden you're just like oh yeah I went out for an eight mile I think that's huge yeah it got a, I mean it went up gradually it was like I was my long run was a six and then the next week it was seven and then the next was eight and then I did a 10 mile run a couple weeks ago and then I kind of went down from that a little bit but um but yeah it really it's been such 
a game changer again, like every time I do this, I'm like, gosh, why don't I do this all the time? When I just stop, um, I like literally don't have my GPS on my watch and I'm just like, I'm going to run for an hour and 20 minutes, you know? So it's Mm -hmm. like 40 minutes out, 40 minutes back. And, um, that's like nothing like 40 minutes out. You're like, okay, now I can turn around. And that's Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing I love when I run, I always like out and back. So I feel like it goes by so much faster than a loop. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, I, it, but what I'll do afterwards to say, cause you know, I've got the Garmin in it. So it saves your weekly mileage, like on your, on your watch face. Um, but I figured out that I could go and I do like to keep track. I'm not at the point yet where I could just feel confident that I could intuitively run the right amount every week. Mm, You know, I kind of, I kind of feel like I need to keep track so I don't go more than 10% above what I'm supposed to, you know, what I went the last week. Right. So I, what I'll do is I'll come home. So I'll run just, I feel good. I just focus on the time. I have no idea how far it is. Um, I mean, I'll kind of know cause I've run these routes a lot, but I'm not for sure. And mm-hmm. then I get home and I go on map my run and I'll like do the route and I'll see exactly the mileage. And then I'm, I am able to sync that with Garmin and I can also just plug it in manually. Like I can just look it up and it'll say, you know, 6.15 or 8 point, like usually it's over. Cause I'll just like, when I knew I needed to run eight miles on my long run, I was like, well, I know even if I was really slow, that would be, uh, that would not be more than an hour and 20 minutes. Right. So huh. I just kind of average 10 minute miles and then it's always a pleasant surprise how much faster I was. <laughs> That's awesome. That's I the, knew- set the bar low and then, and then you always go over it. <laughs> yeah. I know you have been talking about the time running for years and I've just never been able to get into it because I think it's because all my routes I've ever run are loops, mm. you know? So I feel like I have to know like, okay, I'm going to do my five mile loop or mm. I'm gonna do my four mile loop or like my seven mile loop. But I have those set loops around my neighborhood. I always do. So I should probably get more ballsy (laughs) and just yeah well and here's the other thing this is we've talked about this because you're in charlotte you have real elevation changes like real miles many mountains in the middle of your neighborhood right and in columbus i just don't but my house for some reason is at like the top of the elevation so if i do an out and back then i'm going downhill the whole way and uphill the whole way back Hmm. And it's not like, I mean, to you, you're like, this is flat road. <laughs> For me, <laughs> any kind of elevation, I can feel it. So that's also me just not pushing myself on hills, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that I also trick myself on hills. The reason I, I like literally got to a point where I don't even intend to, but I just, hi, Jason's creeping on me. Yeah, I'm recording. Jason wants to join our podcast. Recovering yeah. slides are not sandals, he says. Oh, thank you, Jason. <laughs> he okay. has a sixth sense. <laughs> like, um, he was talking about running. He's like, oh, me, I, I know what I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Wait, what was that? Oh, so I have this thing now where I don't know how, so I do know how I did it, but I didn't mean to do it at the time, but I've got this instinctive thing when I'm going up a hill, I will go faster and I'll, I sprint up every hill without even thinking about it. Like, especially if it's a steep one, gradual ones are a little bit tougher, but, um, if it's like a hill, I just, I just like go into like hill mode and I just fly up it. And that was how like I beat this one girl on the like only race I've ever run is every time I got to hills. So she would pass me, we were going down hills, but then when we'd get to hills, I'd like go way past her and um, she'd be like cursing to herself <laughs> on her breath. And then at the end, she came up to me and she was like, you are amazing on hills. And here's the thing though, I realized that what I would do is, I, and maybe I got this from uh, Chi Running, that book that I read a couple years ago, but yeah. it was like, I would tell myself, as soon as I get to the top, I can walk. Like, it was, so it was like Pavlov's dogs. Like, now I have this like reward center in my brain that goes off when you get to the hill. It's like, <laughs> and oh, you like God, sprint up all your hills. <laughs> yes. Even though now I don't walk at the top, but like my brain still thinks I'm going to. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think that's what happened. That's awesome. You've trained yourself very well. Yeah. Huh. Well, um, I, I'm really excited because I got a new desk today and I feel very like organized at my new desk. Nice. Yeah. Where'd you get it from? Amazon. But I ordered it on the day after Christmas. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I only just got here today. So David has cigar club tonight. So I made him put the desk together with me tonight before he left. Yeah. And it's like, I'm it's sure he those, loved that. Oh, he did. He did. But it's one of those standing desks. So it can like go up and down. Yes. You know? I was expecting you would say that actually. I would have been surprised if you did not get a standing desk. But I think I'm going to totally nerd out and I'm going to get one of those like balance things that you can stand on at your standing desk. Have you seen that? It's like half a BOSU ball or something. Yeah. I yeah. wrote an article on standing desks like a couple years ago. And um, yeah, they suggest doing that because it's really good for your muscles. And it's also means that you're not putting a ton of strain on your feet. Huh. Oh, look at that. And they said to, I'll have to go look up the article because I did some research and like talked to like an orthopedic specialist about it. But um, I, I found that I researched that like you should be careful. You should also get like a foam mat if you're standing on just mm. the ground because it can um, put a lot of strain on your feet all at once if you're just going from sitting to then standing all day. Okay, But if you have good. that, that thing that, you, yeah, the balancing, then you don't need that. Well, and I'm wondering if it'll provide some similar um, benefits, like not as good as the Hoku slides, but maybe like it'll be similar for feet recovery because that's, like I said, that's something else I've noticed recently. So yeah, it sucks. Well, exciting. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. As you can see, I am sitting at my standing desk. Yes. <laughs> really excited about tomorrow or you just have really relaxed posture oh yeah I'm just really short and relaxed in a very tall room (laughs) yeah well I went I did get a run in this afternoon I was so proud of myself actually I guess I did kind of think of it in a timing way but it was still a loop because I had 
45 minutes until my next meeting. And I was like, okay, I know how long it takes me to do this loop. Like it's normally 34 minutes. I have just enough time to go out, get really sweaty, come back and take my call. And I fit it in. And I was just really proud of myself that I actually made that priority. And I was able to time box myself and get the run in. And so that's also why I don't feel like I have to be standing right now. Yeah. Put your feet up. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So it's my turn this week. Yes. And um, this is, please tell me if I've brought this up, but it's something that's been kind of reoccurring in my life, which is why I may have mentioned it before. But my rule this week is do not have written arguments. Right. Yeah. And I have some like really shallow examples about like texts, like text arguments. Oh, yeah. Well, texting, email, Instagram. Right. Like do not have written arguments if you find. So let me tell let me give my examples of why I've had to make this a rule for myself. So exciting drama. So, <laughs> you know how um, this year everybody got bored because they're at home and all they did was repost um, political segments that were on social media and they all became politicians? Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. Everyone became a politician. Everyone did. Everyone knew everything that was happening. So um, that, if you can't tell, really just annoyed me because all these people would post just they would take the stories or they would take like something that somebody had written and it's like a picture with words, you know, and they post it to their story without doing any fact checking at all or understanding any of the underlying story, you know, and they just take a picture, put it up and be like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe this, blah, 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 and be all outraged. And so um, my roommate from college actually did this and I was watching her story and it was just very... It, it was a trigger for me. And so I responded and I kind of gave the background of this certain situation and why it wasn't exactly what she was posting, you know? Yeah. And I was sitting on the back porch with my husband. It was a lovely summer day and we were enjoying some bourbons. <laughs> so I might've been a little bit <laughs> proud of how sharp tongued I was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but Yes. So then ensued a, in, ensued a uh, a text conversation, not text, but an Instagram DM conversation that nobody won. Like it was just like me saying my part, she saying her part, and it's quickly responding and then being like, "Well, you didn't pay attention to what I just said," and they're like, "Well, you didn't pay attention to what I just said," but there was no point to it, you know. Yeah. And I was like, "Okay," and I told myself I wasn't instigating on social media because I was like oh it's direct messaging it's not on a post you know definitely a step up from that yeah well I thought but then I realized that it's still like the same gut reaction from somebody reading the message they still respond in the same way you know yeah so that was kind of a humbling thing for me where I had to step back and be like okay that was not very mature of me I did not handle that well (laughs) You know, I like ended with a couple of snide comments and then tried to close it down quickly so that I would win the argument. And of course, I did not. Yeah. Um, So that was the first thing. So that happened over the summer. And then um, my brother, he got into a couple of like Facebook arguments over the summer that just escalated really quickly. And um, (laughs) 
I have now removed myself from Facebook because there was there was just too much drama there. So then, like I saw it again, where I was like, okay, this isn't. There's no benefit here. If you are arguing with somebody on social media, then it's just never going to have a positive impact, right? You did not get in an argument with him on social media, though. You saw no. him getting in arguments with our grandmother <laughs> and my dad, your uncle, and you called him out and said, "Hey, this is like not." good like this is not respectful of you yeah so that was good like just I just want to clarify for the listeners that you were not just picking fights with everybody no, I love it this is what That's this is what I did when I was bored over the summer yeah <laughs> so me watching this seeing how the fight just escalated between my brother and our sweet grandmother and our you know kind of eccentric uncle it just it wasn't positive right right yeah so then, like, I've slowly been building this rule for myself. So, like, each time I'm like, okay, never <laughs> comment on anything on Facebook because <laughs> it's all public and people just are so opinionated that they don't actually want to read what you're saying. They just want to say what they're thinking, right? So those things happen. But then I've really solidified this rule for me because recently I – got into an email argument with somebody at work yeah (laughs) and so I'm a project manager right and um I have a developer or like a development team and on the team you have testers BAs and developers and the manager of all the testers got frustrated with me for something which Mm. I truly believe was the silliest thing in the world but yeah. she decides to write this email that was very degrading and like it was it was not degrading just like the point of the email was to put me down and make me feel bad and know that I was wrong yeah and so I felt like I had to defend myself to this email and I was like hey I'm sorry I feel this way this is what happened you know the build manager knew about it wasn't working in a bubble whatever. But then every single time I tried to give a clarifying answer or just, again, kind of defend myself against this woman who was attacking me, she would CC a different manager in her response. And it was, oh my gosh, it was the same thing. Like she was tattling on you. Exactly. And every single thing I said, she would ignore and just go on to some other point. So it's the same thing where it doesn't matter what platform you're on. If you're trying to have a, a business argument over email, if you're trying to have a business argument over chat, if you're trying to have a, a political argument or, um, you know, even moral argument over social media platforms, what I have learned is it never ends well. And it's just not the platform for resolution. Yeah. So do you think that's because you're not there looking like, um, like there's no like empathy, there's no room for empathy when you're not physically like looking at someone, you're going to like pull back. Like it's easier to just throw underhanded jabs or like totally eviscerate someone because they become just a symbol of this argument in your head. So you're not like, like that girl at work is not like looking you in the face and feeling kind of guilty and bad. And like, well, there's a side to her story because here she is in front of me and she's a human person. 
Do you think that's it? Like it kind of takes away that personal dimension? I think that's it. But I think that it's also people are constantly in CYA. Um, like CYA. covering your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never heard that before. Yeah, I think so. I think from a business standpoint, it was like more CYA so that she yeah. could always have something to go back to and be like, oh, I told her this. Oh, yeah. That's well, yeah, that's another because then, yeah, if you would. So you think like you should have just called her? I could. I should have called her. And that's what I did. So I ended up doing that on another circumstance. And one thing I've also learned is that if it becomes your MO to have written arguments, then you do it with everyone. And then also your weight is just lessened. Like I ended up talking to another build manager. He came to me with him a complaint about this woman <laughs> and he was like yep she does this to me all the time I was like okay like I don't feel bad now because clearly everybody knows that it, yeah. it's just her you know but I did ended up I ended up calling her another time and I was just like hey wanted to have this conversation this is where I'm at and she's like yeah that's fine you know but since it was face to face then there was no reason for her to feel defensive yeah. or her to feel like and I think it's the same thing with, um, you know, any uh, disagreements that you may have with somebody, again, over their political views or their um, religious views or anything. And, and also, I feel like for more of the political religious debates, somebody has to ask you for your opinion. <laughs> if it's just going to say your that. opinion, yeah. it's not welcome, right? Well, but, I was thinking of Socrates and like a, <laughs> like a giant nerd, but like when you read um, Plato, that was how he handled all of his, like, that was why he became such a threat to the city leaders that they like killed him. You know, you don't know this. <laughs> Socrates is poisoned by hemlock. Everyone knows this, Liz. Oh, sorry. There were every, every nerd. You were, you were, more popular in college and to read Socrates. I'm just going to blame my mother's homeschooling and say that she cut out that part of history. <laughs> well, it's not, most people don't study that in high school. I studied it in college and didn't study in high school, but um, it was part of my honors philosophy courses. But so I guess only people who study philosophy would know it. Sorry. Or people. My bad. I was not in honors. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and I think it's because I was at a classical liberal arts program. So, like, if it's classical, they're going to be reading original texts. Like, not every program does that. But anyway, the way that he would, like, he would he would encounter these young men, right, in his day-to-day -day life. And they would be coming at him, and they'd be super religious and really intense. And he had some very different views of human life and um, what was goodness and what was morality and what the point of the city was and the state and all this stuff. And his way, the, the reason he became such a threat to, um, the politicians around him was because he was so convincing of everyone who came to talk to him because all he would do is ask them questions. So that's the Socratic method is you just ask people questions very, but you, you have to do it in a way that's not angling. And that's where I can never hand, I can never do it. And so I never enter into, I, I, after I have, and it's been a massive failure, like entering into these arguments with people, I realized like I am too passionate about what I believe in 
with politics and religion. And I'm never going to change someone else's mind because I'm just going to put them on the defensive right away. <laughs> like, I can't help it. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's yeah. good to know about yourself, though. You know? I know, but I wish I... Jason's very good at it. He, I've watched him do the Socratic method, and it's pretty impressive. He can just, like, sit back and, like, not... Like, he doesn't give away what he thinks in his questions. That's what you have to do. You have to really... Um, ask innocent questions. You can't seem like you're going a certain direction. So yeah, I could definitely see how that would be a lot better in face-to-face too than email. Because if you send an email, then somebody can sit there and read it and take their time and respond. So, you know, here's the other thing I just thought of, because you were like, why do you think that is? And I still don't, I mean, I think part of it is maybe empathy for seeing somebody, seeing yeah. you like your words have, thinking through your words as you're saying them, right, like real time. But um, I remember when we were, we, like me and my sisters were young. Um, I think I was like 10. My mom let us get an email account mm-hmm. and we all shared it. And, you know, we were we were very innocent. I was like 10 years old, but my mom was very cautious and she like sat down with each of us and had a, a conversation. She was like, I just want you to realize that it's a lot easier to put something into written word that you would not say to somebody's face. And you need to think about that whenever you're writing something, think about, would you say this to somebody or is it just because it's written? It's a lot easier to put down. Mm. So maybe that's, that's so the- wise. I love, I love that she thought to tell you that. Yeah. I mean, we were probably worried because we were like emailing boys and we're, you know, 13. I love you. Yeah, exactly. And would you say that to his face? But still, it's really, yeah, really good advice because it's definitely, it's definitely the case. And I mean, um, I think too, I, this is kind of related where I read someone said, like, don't, if you're having a discord, if you're trying to have like a healthy discussion with someone and they were, they were advocating for doing that. Cause they were like, so many people live in echo chambers right now. So you saw that with your roommate where she's not interested in a dialogue. She's not interested in seeing the other side at all. She only wants validation for how she feels. Mm-hmm. And anything you say to the contrary, she's going to be like, well, you're racist or you're an awful person. Like, it's like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, that's because, yeah. because she's just in this echo chamber. And I mean, people on both sides of the political spectrum do it. Like my mom does it. My dad does it. Like I do it. I mean, everybody, everybody does it. Um, where you just kind of stereotype the person you're talking to and you're not really interested in understanding the complexity of what they think. And, um, but somebody was talking about how it's the absolute worst thing to just send links to articles to people to prove your point. They were like, don't do that's So lazy. It's so disrespectful. It's never, no one's even going to read it. Like you might have the perfect article that answers the question and you send it to someone and they just feel like you threw a grenade at them. Like they're not going to open it. Yeah. It would be so much better for you to give them the cliff notes version if you want to like cite it, be like, Hey, I read this article and this is what it said. What do you think of that? You know, like, and I can send it to you if you're interested, but like, just to be like, no, you're wrong. Here's this article. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So many people do it though. Um, 
And yeah, so it was, that was an interesting, but I think it goes along with what you're saying. Cause it's like, it's not, you're not actually having a discourse. You're not having a dialogue. You're not, there's not, it's not a two way street and it doesn't work. Yeah. It's, this is my point. You better pay attention to it. Oh, yeah. you didn't. This is my next point, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, That's which, a good one. Yeah. Well, I've, it's because I have not been you know, using it as yeah. <laughs> But I don't know. I think it's hard because I think it's important to, okay, kind of sidebar, but this is in the same realm of the conversation. Okay. So kind of what we're saying here is that if you, if somebody doesn't ask for your opinion on some of these um, trigger conversations, then they're not going to be welcome to it, right? Right. But if it's something you're very passionate about, is it still kind of your responsibility to help share with other people? Okay. So, so that's my basis for how I'm doing this segue. <laughs> Yeah. So I recently had this um, conversation with my husband and with one of his friends. And the question is, should, uh, should famous people get involved in politics? Okay. Same sort of thing. Like they, they know they have a voice, they know they have weight to throw around, but should they actually um, try to use it for good that way? And my example was Taylor Swift, of course, right? I love her. I absolutely love her. I'm, this album of Evermore is the greatest thing in my life right now. Me too. Oh, it's so good. It's so winter, right? Yeah. So, uh, but there was a stint like two years ago where she decided she was going to be very active in right. politics and decisions, right? She got woke. She got woke. And I could understand it from her perspective. Like if I was Taylor Swift (laughs) and I was 27 years old and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm one of the most influential people in the world, right? Everybody knows who I am. Everybody listens to me. I haven't done anything with my life. Should I try to use this platform for good? I could see that that thought process. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's she's gotten over being famous. And she wants yeah. to do something to help the world. But if she's not educated in the uh, conversations that she is now taking place in, is, should she really do it? And if people aren't asking for her opinion. So see, that's my connection there. So if you're not asking for it, does it actually do any good for a famous person to stand up and be like, this is what you believe because I said this, you know? Yeah, I think... <laughs> So I agree with you that object the like the concept. I think that well, I think in a democracy, anyone has a right to educate themselves. Like you don't have to be an honors philosophy to like <laughs> have an opinion on what you see going on. And in fact, it can just be something that affects your work. Like like your daily life is affected by policies. So like, it's okay for and healthy for you to be like, Hey, no, like this is how this works. This is what happens. Like this idea that sounds so great in, you know, Congress, it does not play out nicely in a small business environment, you know? Right. Um, but what I think is unfortunate is I just think that right now you only hear, um, 
one half of well you only hear the blue the democrat celebrities because and i've thought a lot about this because i'm like i don't think it's that there are like i know that there are i don't think it's that the um more conservative celebrities are scared of being canceled which i guess is possible like that there's like just uh they're basically there's way less of them there's a lot more liberal uh celebrities so they don't feel as comfortable just speaking out Mm-hmm. But I actually wonder if it's like typically now this obviously is not the case with every conservative pundit and commentator <laughs> out there. Like there are a lot of them who are extremely opinionated, but typically in my day-to-day life with people who are conservative, the reason they are that way is they're very, they really respect having independent thought. And thinking things through on your own and stepping back and being like, well, wait, does that really line up? Does that make sense? They don't just get swept up in something that sounds right. They they actually care yeah. about how things act. They really do care about a lot of the same things, but their focus is on what works and what is reality, not what is the idea that sounds great. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so they are concerned about like illegal immigrants being treated terribly because they're allowed to be here illegally and no one's tracking where they are and who's employing them and who's taking care of them. Right. You know, so it's like there are like legitimate, like humane positions on both sides. But like when you're being demonized for just not having the like easy, quick, like you know, no human is illegal, like, that kind of stuff. Like, sorry, we're getting like super, I feel like we're kimono here about our own, but, but really it comes down to like, you don't like anyone listening to us just totally, we respect that, you know, we, we do respect independent thought and we respect people listening and making decisions on their own. And you need a yin and a yang, like you need a, a conservative and a liberal in a healthy environment, a healthy government, a healthy democracy, you really do. You need people who are more passionate about these noble ideas. And then you need people who are more two feet on the ground, very pragmatic, like, okay, wait, how does that, who pays for that? You know, like, um, I think that, and I think there's a lot of corruption on both sides, but, but all that to say is that I think that you're right. Objectively, just the, just the, the notion of a celebrity being able to say, I have thoughts and feelings too about deeper things. Like I respect it. I, it just, it is, you are risking if you're so one-sided and you're not going to even entertain that there's another view out there. Um, you are risking like, yeah, like, and you're not actually like, are you having conversations with people who are different from you or are you just having fights online? Yeah. Are you, are you in an echo chamber of just people who think the exact same as you? Because then it's very easy to demonize the opposite. I mean, I've done it too. Like, I'll be like, oh, they're all Marxists. They all want, you know, to get rid of all this stuff. Like I've done that too, you know? Um, and I think that it's, it's really dangerous because then you just end up farther from the truth. The truth is definitely more in the middle. Well, and this is, I know that we kind of went into the politics, which really jumped out of where I started with the conversation. Sorry. But no, no, I'm, I love this stuff. But um, I guess what made me think of it was the 
yeah, people aren't going to be receptive to your opinions unless they ask. Let's say that's, you know, like a majority rule. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't stick up for what you believe or you shouldn't find a way to communicate or you shouldn't find a way to share it. You know, and so like I think sometimes just saying, oh, that's not how I see that mm -hmm. is all you need to do because it'll surprise someone. But they might not be ready to hear your reasons, but it is planting a seed in their mind like, oh, well, you're not this like image I had in my head of that. Mm -hmm. You know, you're that's not a good way of putting it. Yeah, that's that's just not how I see it. And then wait for them to ask you. And if they ask yeah. why, then you could continue down that conversation. But yeah, that's I have I have done that like with my um with different family members and stuff. Um, and that was much, I felt a lot better walking away from those interactions, even though they didn't actually ask me why they, they got flustered and they didn't um, get in a fight with me about it. And I felt a lot better. Like I felt respected. Like I had insisted on respect by not just sitting there and letting them trash talk someone that I liked or someone I respected or, you know, mm -hmm. I like that. I'm going to have to remember that because I'm, not as um, well polished as you are sometimes that I think I would say things that are more just uh, abrasive to people when they're oh, you don't you well, just tend to you tend to always just go I think I disagree I think you just want comedic relief and you don't like arguments and so you tend to sound dumber than you are <laughs> on purpose <laughs> you pull a Phoebe you pull a Phoebe buffet <laughs> Oh my gosh, speaking of Phoebe, David and I just restarted friends. And I had this realization. Nobody, okay, you may disagree with me on this. I don't know of anybody who watches friends and wants to be Phoebe. But everybody loves her, but nobody wants to be Phoebe. And here's the other realization I had. I, if I didn't do anything to my hair, it would look like Phoebe's hair. Nobody wants to have Phoebe's hair. No. Yes, they do. They do no. now. There's a girl on The Bachelor who has that hair, and it's so fabulous. She's actually a hairstylist from Ohio, um, and she has, like, this gorgeous, like, side-swept 80s blonde curls, and she looks – she's, like, one of the prettiest contestants on there right now. I'll send you a picture. You should. Because that's – I was watching all their hairstyles. I'm like, you know, Monica has the sassy bob and – yeah. Um, Jennifer Aniston. No, Phoebe, like yes, Phoebe wasn't, it wasn't hip at the time, but it's, yeah. it's maintained, like, it's, it's aged a lot better than Rachel or Monica's. That's true. Rachel is very, like. She even said she hated, she hated her haircut. Really? That <laughs> annoys me, though, because I'm like, she's totally just projecting now, being embarrassed of it when she looks back, because at the time, it was like the most popular haircut. Everybody wanted it. Also, yeah. her hair has not changed that much. She still has, like, yeah, maybe her layers aren't at her chin, but yeah. she still has, like, this, it's, like, the center part, perfectly straight, smooth, feathered hair. Okay. Same hair, Jennifer. Get over yourself. Yeah. Uh, I, okay, so I hate being beautiful with perfect hair. I really don't even like it. I know. Um, okay, so to your point about Phoebe... I was talking to my sister's boyfriend and he loves friends and um, he loves Taylor Swift too. Um, 
and he said, yeah, he's amazing. So he, I said, well, do you feel like ZZ is just like Phoebe? And he's like, yes, that's why I love her. (laughs) It was so cute. I love that he was like, totally, I totally see Phoebe. He's like, he was said that I think ZZ is smarter than she is like more intellectual, but, uh, and not as like, he's like, ZZ would never be all like woo woo about like ghosts and stuff. Like she's actually very like, like science like she doesn't like things that are too new agey um but but yeah but like her attitude and like how she how she's kind of she loves everyone and she's always there but she doesn't want a roommate like like that was like one of the most zz moments to me my sister is named zz sorry um when remember when rachel needs a roommate and they're like, oh, you could live with Phoebe. And she's like, well, what about Denise? They're <laughs> <laughs> like, Denise? She's like, Denise, Denise! <laughs> she's like, makes up this roommate just so she doesn't have to room with her. It's like, I talk about her all the time. That was awesome. So Zizi. Like, Zizi would totally do something like that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Gosh. Friends is just timeless. Like, every, it, all the episodes still have you know, points that you can uh, point to your regular life today. They do. It's just, it's so wholesome and cute and, and just like, yeah, like laughing at yourself and just amazing situations that they threw in there. And they're like the original of so many, like, I feel like new girl used a lot of situations from friends um, and how I met your mother and there have been other, the office even used some things that were first in friends. And it's like, it's just great. It's like, it's because it was so, it was just such a great human, like, Oh, this is a universal experience. Everyone will relate to, you know? Yeah. So that's why I love it too. I'm so glad you're watching it. It's a great winter show too. It's so great. Cause you're yeah. just happy. You don't have to like worry about right. seasonal depression. Like, it's cozy it's light it's not intense yeah totally not even like they're in a warm spot either so you're not watching them like oh I wish I was out in sunshine they're in a loft it's raining outside it's snowing outside brightly colored loft yeah right they drink great coffee (laughs) all these I have given you like three different topics today it's great it's so nice seeing each other's faces this is just so much better I know. I'm How thinking you- though we should do the cheap one and be limited to 30 minutes. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm like, we're like, no, I'm like, you're right, because we're at 42 minutes, but we're just like yeah. watching each other's faces like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well we'll think about it, especially okay. if they're not on iOS. I'm like, I don't really want to spend twice the amount of money per month. Yeah. I don't know. We're trying out Squadcast. Yeah, uh, listeners, listeners, Squadcast, if you want to Venmo us to pay for it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so to wrap up my topic, um, you'll come up with a better rule for it. but Oh, no, it's perfect. Do not get into written fights. Yeah, don't yeah. ever. It's just, don't put it in writing. Because <laughs> then it's there. The record of everything you said is there. That person can play it back in their head and get mad at you all over again. Yeah. Well, and I was thinking about this because I was, I told you my examples from this year, but then I went back and I remembered when I was immature and I would have text fights with people. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, what are you doing? 
Oh, I was seeing what happened if I hid my face, but I guess it hides it from you. I wonder if I can do it. Sorry. We can experiment on this when our listeners aren't listening. Yeah. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> Hope y'all are having a lovely week. Yeah. Enjoying your January. I don't know. Whatever. Watch friends. Watch friends. Be happy. Be happy. <laughs> Don't, get <laughs> Don't get advice. All right. Peace out, people. <laughs> Bye. Love you. Love you.